When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Giants Training Camp 2022 is presented by Ford, the official SUV of the New York Giants. It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Huddle up, huddle up, huddle up. On Giants.com. Here we go, here we go. And the Giants mobile Get them in there, let's go. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Giants Huddle Podcast. My name is John Schmelk. Thank you so much for being with us. Today, our guests were joined by Mike Sando, who covers the NFL for The Athletic. Don't forget, 2022 Giants training camp is presented by Ford, the official SUV of the New York football Giants. Mike, a pleasure meeting you in person, man. How are you? It's great. It's great to be here. Appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Uh, You've had a lot of interesting pieces come out, and we'll get to a lot of those. Let's start with the Giants, though, first. As you've kind of looked at the league and at the Giants here throughout the offseason, the preseason, what's your general impression of the new regime and kind of where the franchise is heading? Well, definitely you have a synced up head coach and GM. These Two guys from Buffalo together, there's not any issues between the two. They're not on a different timeline. Sometimes you see that where the GM's been there, and then we're sort of caught in no man's land. The Giants know what that's like, and it, you can have good people, and it doesn't, you know, it doesn't just time up right. So I think that's a, that's a start there. You've got the head coach and GM on the same page. Interestingly, I think, obviously, they have to figure out what they have in Daniel Jones, but the NFC is so different from the AFC. I was going Much through. Different. I, I was talking, depending on who you like or don't like, or look at some of these quarterbacks, Carson Wentz might be the sixth best quarterback in the NFC. Or, you know, if you like Daniel Jones more than Carson Wentz, maybe he's, he's in a totally different story in the AFC. So mm-hmm. I think you've got this interesting situation for the Giants where obviously there, there's a long-term build here. They didn't come in and just load up against the cap and, oh, we're going to, you know, they didn't send that signal. But there's a chance to be competitive right away, too, which I think is important for your culture. People always talk about, oh, tank or get the pick. No, no, no. I think you have to have a competitive culture. And there's an opportunity this year, just the state of the NFC East, to maybe be better than you might otherwise be if you were in the AFC West. So I think that balancing of the short term and the long term is is what the Giants are this year. Yeah, and I think it's almost like an investigative season, right? You have yeah. Daniel on his last year. You have Saquon on his last year. Yep. Blake Martinez, which we negotiated to his last yeah. year. So you're going to find out about these guys that you think, all right, maybe these guys could be an important part of this team long term, yep. or we can make then important decisions next season. So you're right to me. This is just the start, right? Ne- yeah. this, is the, this is the start of the bringing the old building down. Yep. And next season, that's when the rubble is cleared, and that's yeah. when you can kind of start yep. building the building back up Yeah, but they didn't blow it up right away. You know, they Correct. didn't blow everything out. It sometimes is systematic. People come in. Yeah, yeah, sometimes people come in, and nothing that was there before is good enough, and this or that. So I think they're taking a measured approach to it. You know, you, you, you certainly, from the outside, don't see any, you know, red flag of, oh, you shouldn't be doing that, or, you know, and, 
And as the years go by, right, the expectations then come up. This just feels like a see what we have here, like you said. Yeah, no question. And, well, it starts with the quarterback, right? And you recently had your quarterback yeah. tears yeah. article, um, which obviously always gets a lot of fun feedback. People, sure. just, people love losing their minds from uh, anonymous <laughs> quotes. But I love the piece. It's always great. It's, it's always a must-read every year, Mike. Yeah. So what, what was the feedback you got about Daniel Jones when you talked to people around the league yeah, about him? I think people have one foot out on him, right? I mean, they want to see. They, they, they've been hopeful, and it, and it hasn't happened for whatever reason. They're mindful of the fact that it hasn't been great around him. Uh, a lot of the time, personnel, the, the coaching changes, all of that. There's optimism with Dayball, but I think, you know, much as the Giants have signaled, they didn't pick up the option, right? I think the voters weren't picking up the option on Daniel Jones. The, <laughs> the glass isn't half full anymore. Mm-hmm. The glass is probably half empty. Doesn't mean it's empty. And I think he'll have his best shot because the offensive line is kind of quietly not bad. You know, really. I mean, Dayball may have a better offensive line or as good of an offensive line as he had in Buffalo. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that Josh Allen guy, who's one of six in tier one. Kind so of important. That's kind of yeah. important. But I think you at least have, there's something there. The coverage is not totally bare. So uh, can they, you know, are they likely to get to the end of the, this year and go, wow, we have a tier one quarterback? No, that probably doesn't happen. But they don't, it doesn't have to be just absolutely awful either. And maybe you have the ability to uh, draft somebody or bring somebody in. And, and who knows, Daniel Jones could be a bridge or maybe he's out. Um, but I don't think people in the league, by the nature of this, what seven people put him in tier three, which is kind of a legitimate starter who needs needs help from his defense and run game. You don't want to throw it too much. Thirty six in tier four, which is, you know, I'm not sure I'd want to go the whole season with him as a starter. And then seven of the fifty were like, I'm out. Tier five, I don't think he's a starter. So, you know, it's the glass is the the the, the sand is going through the hourglass here, and people aren't overly excited. But that's just state of it the Giants are feel similarly by their actions right well, yeah how much can he be benefited by not only the improvement of the offensive line as you mentioned maybe Saquon finally stays healthy for the first time in three years yeah. but more importantly the additions of Brian Dable and the additions of Mike Kafka right coming yeah. from two forward thinking offenses yep. that yep. can bring a lot to the table I do think that it's a great sort of test for Dable not that we're the book's going to come back after one year it's not but uh, that's somebody who has had some success, and I think he, interestingly, likes to throw the football. Uh, you know, I, I think we're going to expect Buffalo to go back to more of a, run, a little bit more running. I think they, Buffalo had the highest pass rate on first down of any team in the league last year, right? So, yeah. yeah, that will be interesting because you do have the back. I think if you're a defense, you're probably looking at Saquon Barkley if, you, uh, if you're looking at anybody, right, to, uh, to stop and make him one-dimensional. But if you throw on those early downs, I do think you don't want to get too far uh, you know, into that. But I do think that can help a quarterback yeah. like Daniel Jones, who let's face it on third down when they know you're going to pass, it gets a lot harder. So that will be an interesting part of the calculus. And I think they will uh, certainly pass the ball more in early downs than they have been. How about wing Martindale? He brings a, a system that the rest of the NFL is kind of moving away from, right? Yeah. We had the single high craze that goes back to Pete Carroll. I guess that's almost 10 years ago, right? It goes by yeah. fast. And now people, everyone else is going to that two safeties deep zone, keep things in front of you. Yeah. Wink is not that guy. So how do you think he might impact the Giants? Yeah, defense? well, that will be interesting because a lot of what they did in Baltimore, too, was uh, based on what they had. They've had tremendous talent there and an ability to, to do that. So and I, the front office went out of the way to pay for that talent, too. Trade for it, sign them, yeah, et cetera. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that he can be flexible. So we'll, we'll see what they do. I don't think it'll be exactly Baltimore. I think he's, uh, I think he prides himself on being able to do it a lot of different ways. So I think it will look a little bit different. 
Um, it is the first year. There is some decent talent. I mean, the defense has Leonard Williams up front and, yeah. and some some good players. So, you know, maybe the corner position is one they could stand to address, obviously. But uh, I think what will be interesting about Wink is the perception of, you know, coming after you in Blitzen. And, you know, they've had Marcus Peters. And, you know, they've had uh, a couple really good corners. Humphreys. There. Humphreys, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. No problem. Very physical, good. Good corner. Jimmy so. Smith was there for a long Jimmy time Smith too. Was there yeah. For a while. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but they've also played games where they just sat back too. So uh, that would be interesting to me to see how much he plays the way he's always played, or maybe you know what we don't have that personnel exactly the same. Maybe it's going to take a year. What's your impression? You know, because the, the results the last few years have not been good, but I do feel like there's been some important players added in important positions. Right? Yeah. Andrew Thomas, left tackle. Evan Neal drafted a right tackle this offseason. Yeah. Kayvon Thibodeau, big-time pass rusher, right? Yeah. Yep. We'll see what Canaries Tony can do. What do you think about some of the young pieces that obviously have not reached what the Giants hope is their peak yet? Do you think they have the making of a pretty good foundation? Uh, I think they do to the extent that I think Andrew Thomas is going to be really good. Well, he already is pretty good. Yeah, yeah no question. Uh, I think he's really good. So to add the best tackle in the draft, really, uh, from their standpoint, uh, this year I think is excellent. I mean, that's just such a great foundation. If you look at a team like Cleveland. Yeah. You know, Cleveland had Baker Mayfield. I think they liked him decently, but then they had a chance to pounce, and it was controversial to get Deshaun Watson. But they've got the offensive line in place. I mean, they're going to be they're going to be a good team. They're going to be in the mix because of that. So I, I like that. I like that for the Giants, just kind of traditionally, right? Giant football. Let's have a good offensive line. Let's be able to to, to balance it up when we need to with a coach who is forward thinking and will throw the ball. So I, I do like it to that extent, and I think there's just though it is still an eval year. Um, so you can see some of those pieces, but there's the other key pieces. We don't know if they're going to be here. Daniel Jones, Saquon, right? Long term. There was so much discussion about Kayvon Thibodeau coming yeah. back. How much yeah. did you talk to people about him and during the draft process? And what seems to be the overall impression of him coming into the NFL? Yeah, yeah I think it was positive, but I didn't feel like this year that everyone was unanimous slam dunk going to be uh, amazing on, on the guys at the top of the draft. There was no Miles Garrett this year. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. There, there was no Miles Garrett, but I do know people in that process who really liked his pass rush ability and think, like I look at the Giants draft, I think they took two. I, I think they're not going to have a bust in one of the two. I agree. I think they're both going to be good players. And it was, frankly, it was a three-wood down the middle. It wasn't uh, John Daly huge swing because that wasn't available to them. There were no picks traded in the top 10. They didn't stockpile the number one for next year. They just did probably the right thing, the smart thing, the and solid thing. And for once, the guys dropped to him. No offensive lineman got picked ahead of him and made it easy on him. Yes, no offensive lineman got picked ahead of him. But also, it wasn't a year where people were clamoring to get up Correct. Yeah. Uh, in there either. So I think they, they played it about as smart as they could have. I mean, I, I don't know what else I would have done if I were them. Yeah, and I think Joe Shane would have been open to moving down if an oh, offer was there. completely. But, there you know, weren't like any said, offers. No quarterbacks, right? There were no quarterbacks, yeah. and no one was giving up those picks. Like I said, none, none of the top ten traded on draft day, and I don't think their phone was blowing up at five. So um, it is what it is, but you make the best of that situation, and I think they got two players that made sense for them. No, I, I totally agree. All right, fans, just as a reminder, Giant season tickets for 2022 – are on sale now. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 
or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, Mike, let's talk about your most recent, one of your most recent pieces, yeah. your quarterback tiers. Yeah. Guys, go to theathletic.com. They always have great sales, like a dollar a month yeah. for the first six months. Go, go subscribe. It's really a, a fantastic website for any team you root for, the Giants, like the league coverage. It's all great. What was the most surprising thing or a couple of the most surprising yeah. things you heard from some of the evaluators about the yeah. quarterbacks that yeah. maybe disabused you of some prior thought before you started your uh, little uh, So, you know, when you talk to 50 people, by the end, you're not really that surprised because, mm -hmm. you know, you have a pulse. And I talked to people throughout the year, so I wouldn't say anything overly shocking, although there was one Tier 2 vote for Patrick Mahomes. I don't really know how you do that. Really? Interesting. Yeah, one Tier 2 vote uh you know, and they had a little bit of ups and downs. And look, they may have some ups and downs going starting this year because their receiving core is different. There's a lot of newness in that wide receiver room. And so, look, Patrick Mahomes isn't going anywhere. He's going to be he's still going to be great. But it wouldn't surprise me if out of the gates it was a little bit like it was to start last season as they figured them, their, their, themselves out. I think Russell Wilson is really interesting falling into tier two because they're in a very tough division. They gave up a lot to get him expectations through the roof. It's a pretty good roster, though. It's a pretty good roster, but Vic Fangio walks out that door. No, it's true. They had yep. an injury in, already in camp to Tim Patrick. Tim Patrick, yep. And oh, by the way, the other teams in that division are pretty good. Even the, Ra the Raiders beat beat the Chargers last year. They got Josh McDaniels working with Derek Carr, with, with Devontae Adams, with Waller, mm -hmm. Adams, Renfro. Um, obviously, we know Justin Herbert's in that division. And oh, by the way, Andy Reid, Kansas City. So easily I, the best division of football. I think there's course. a. I think some team is going to finish fourth in that division that thinks they're a top two team in the division. And if it's Denver, I think it's interesting because of the new owner, the expectations, all of that. Russell Wilson was not happy in Seattle. You think if they if they have a disappointing year, Russell Wilson's going to be like, "Hey, that's on me. I need to do better." That wasn't really what was being said out of Seattle. So with those expectations. Um, I think they're a very interesting team to watch because they could be a good team that finishes fourth in their division. Yeah. And Russell Wilson hasn't played as well the last year and a half. So I think he's I think he's very interesting in this. Is he heading down? Is he gonna rebound back up into tier one, which he easily could do? I think that that was one of the big storylines this year. We're joined by Mike Sando from The Athletic. Also, you can hear him on The Athletic uh, Football Show, their podcast as well. All right, so let's stick with the quarterback story here and talk about the NFC East. Yeah. Because, you know, you talk about the yeah. NFC West. I think you put any of those four teams in yep. probably any NFC division except yeah. for the West. They might be favorites to win the division, right? Yes, yeah. So this NFC East, it's traditionally wide open. I think it's 2005 was the last time the same team won the division two straight years. That Andy Reid and make It's a long time. Yeah. So... It's always wide open. You have Dak Prescott in Dallas, and then you have Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia. And, of course, Washington now doing the Carson Wentz experiment, yeah. the third team trying that. So how do you evaluate those quarterbacks in the division? What was the take from the scouts on them, and how do you see this yeah. NFC East thing playing out? Okay, so I thought Dak Prescott was ready to kind of ascend after four or five games last season and figured he would get healthier as the season went on, coming off that bad injury, but it didn't happen. They I had that calf injury. It seemed to calf set him back. Yeah. Set him back. And I think their team has atrophied a little bit. Just a little bit. I don't. I don't feel like they've loaded up this year. Oh, they uh, lost Amari Cooper, Randy yeah. Gregory, yeah. Lyle Collins, Connor Williams, a lot of guys. So if they were already a team that you thought was going to win nine or ten games, I mean, I think they're they could be right in that borderline where they're reassessing Mike McCarthy at the end of the year, right? Well, Sean Payton is out there, Mike. Yeah, Sean Payton's <laughs> out there. So I think they are a, a volatile, volatile team that it could. If it goes south for them or they hit some bumps in the road, I'm just not sure they're going to have the ability to hold that all together with so many cooks in the kitchen, right? They hired Dan Quinn. 
uh, they've got Mike McCarthy. They've got Kellen Moore. Yep. Uh, Jerry Jones talks to the media all the time during the season. It's just like Dak is to me is the most stable thing they have going. But it's really hard in an organization like that. You can be good. It's just hard to be consistently great. So I think that opens the door for like a Philadelphia, even though we have lo- we have longer term questions about how far they can go with Jalen Hurts and that style of an offense where you're really running sure. the ball mm-hmm. heavily. They have a lot of fundamentals in place to be a good team. I think great roster. Yeah, they're great ready roster. to plug in. I think they're going to be sort of a stable team. Yeah. Uh, now they may not in the playoffs. It may be a repeat, right, of what happened to them against Tampa Bay. But I think they're a. I think their floor is high. And I think they they will be a team that might be there in the end of the division. I don't really trust Carson Wentz uh, over the course of the season. That organization, I think he's a risk to get healthy to or to get injured to do silly things. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they were bunched if all those teams were nine and eight somewhere in there and one of them won ten. Uh, but I don't love the long term outlook for Wentz. Uh, I think we've just seen enough of almost. It's almost kind of a makeup issue, right? It's just kind of, yeah. I'm just not sure about that with him. So, um, interesting division with those three teams. I'm not going to ask him to make some kind of dopey Super Bowl prediction in August yeah. because it's crazy. But yeah. what's maybe one team in each conference that either you yeah. think is going to be better than expected yeah. or maybe not be as good as expected based on what you've heard and, and seen around the league? Yeah, so I would say the Raiders intrigue me a little bit. I think that they're not perfect, but they've added some pass rush to their team uh, on defense. And they have a ton of weapons, and I think Josh McDaniels is a good play caller. So that's a team that's easy to forget in the division because of all the hype around Russell Wilson. Um, obviously, Mahomes is in the division. Uh, I think I think Minnesota is potentially a little bit underrated. Um, I think you know they had Mike Zimmer there, and I think he uh, his time had run its course. I think he's hard on people. I think he was obviously hard on uh, Kirk Cousins. Yeah, based on that story on the, what happened yeah. to you on the sidelines, so rough. <laughs> so I think there's a chance to come in there and everyone just take a everyone just take a uh, sigh of relief. Uh, like it wouldn't surprise me. I'm not saying they're going to go far, but like wouldn't surprise me if they were a playoff team. Yeah, uh, this year in the first first year of his run. So those are a couple teams I think that stand out to me. I'm um, just looking through at the rest of them here. Uh, if there's anyone who might surprise, you know, you know who here's a team. I'm not saying playoffs, but remember what I said about the NFC? Mm-hmm. Carolina has been an absolute mess with the head coach, with the quarterback situation. They have some pieces on defense. Yes, they do. They have some weaponry. Baker Mayfield is not as is not as bad as when healthy. He's not as bad as sort of his offseason narrative has been. Agreed. And really, to be fair to Carson Wentz, probably a little bit, too. I think Carson Wentz really got kicked in the gut by Indy unfairly on his way out. Like, he was portrayed as an absolute horrific addition to their team. And if you look at the stats and where their record was, he wasn't as bad as people think. So I'm, I'm, kind, of, I'm kind of backtracking on my Washington thing because I, I don't buy him long term. Uh, but I think, I think Baker Mayfield is at least an average quarterback. Sure. So... And they have a good defense, like you said. Look, and Giants fans are going, yeah, Ben McAdoo's there, and he's trying to get back in as the coordinator. So there's a, there's a lot of things in there. Look, Giants have them week two, by the way, so yeah, Giants are going to see them early. Carolina really is the Titanic that could go under. I mean, I, I would, I'm not <laughs> saying to go run and bet on them, but, yeah. but they're like, if you're asking for surprise teams, like a team that we all in our mind think kind of sucks or is going to blow up or Matt Rule could be fouled at, fired after week six, all those things, believe them if you want to believe them because part of me believes them too. But 
they upgraded kind of quietly, I think, at quarterback there, and they were decent on defense. So, you know, are they a team that is around 500, surprisingly, maybe? And if Quanu can be a good left tackle early, too, help yeah. some of their offensive line yeah. issues. So, we'll yeah, say in a division that's not amazing. No, except for Tampa. Other than Tampa. No question. All right, Giant fans, don't miss out on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2022. As a Giant suite partner, limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Finally, Mike, we had the Hall of Fame class get announced um, this summer, and you've done a great study on wide receivers. And I think that position, along with some of the quarterbacks, too, You can't compare numbers now, error to error. It's impossible. You can't do it. A yard's not a yard anymore. No, a yard is not a yard, and a completion's not a completion, right? A completion to Terry Bradshaw was worth a lot more than the one-yard, you know, quick pass to a wide receiver today. Yep. Much different. I mean, look at Joe Namath's numbers, just to give you an example. They look awful by today's standards. Different game. Actually, yeah, you couldn't even run over the middle of the field without getting ear hold. (laughs) Now it's wide open for everybody. No question. I mean, if you put a guy like Troy Aikman in today's game, can you imagine the numbers he would put up? I always say this. You can't name the five most feared hitters in the game today because there aren't five. Yeah. And you used to always be able to do that. Yeah, because they're not allowed. They're Every fine. team had a hitter. Mm-hmm. You know, and now, now you, don't, you don't do that. So it is different. It's hard to compare across the areas, but I think I found a way to do it. So t- tell me about it. Okay, so I am a Hall of Fame voter, and I'm always, I think we need better criteria. So, so many times the Hall of Fame class comes out, a guy makes it, a guy doesn't, doesn't make it, and we don't really have a clear explanation why. It just almost seems like, huh, maybe it just wasn't his year. So I'm always looking for a way to measure production. And for the wide receivers, what I did was I took the eight best seasons uh, of every receiver in the history of the league's uh, career. And I defined that by how close were you to leading the league in receiving yardage in a given year. So if you led the league, you get a value of a 1.0, the top percentile. If you were extremely close to leading it, you might be a 99.9 percentile all the way down. And I did that for the eight best seasons of everybody. And I thought it made sense. And then when it came out, I was so happy because Jerry Rice and Don Hudson were at the top, 0.999. I'm not saying Don Hudson would step into today's NFL and be the same that he was, but he dominated. He led the league seven times. Rice and Hudson have to be at the top of your list yes. of oh, all yes. time. Because if, okay. because if they're not, the criteria is not correct. The criteria is yes. not correct. So when that came up, I was like, huh, I think we're onto it. Randy Moss was third. And in the in the top ten, Steve Large and Marvin Harrison, James Lofton did very well. Mm. He bounced to a lot of teams, but really elite production. And then there were some guys that in the top 20 that I kind of was like, huh, Jimmy Smith, Henry Ellard, some guys that you, Brandon Marshall bounced around a little bit, but was a dominant force. You look at his career, a bunch of 1,500-yard years. And I think, to be clear, this isn't the only criteria for Hall of Fame. You have to look at what a guy did in the playoffs, or you have to look, did they have to really game plan for him? But to just evaluate the production, this was a pretty cool list, and I've gotten great feedback on it. So to plug the athletic here, if you, if you, if you look for that on there, I was so thrilled. We were able to reproduce this glossy thing that I'm holding in front of you that is color-coded. And when you look at it, it makes sense to you. Yeah, it does. And you can kind of see where the drop-off is. Oh, this guy really only had five elite seasons, or... Not only, but this guy only had three. Why is Paul Warfield where he's at, right? Oh, Rod Smith. Oh, Chris Carter. Gary Clark. You mentioned Gary yeah. Clark. He was, so, he was almost top 25, right? Or yeah, yeah. Gary that, Clark right? was 10, 20, 1, 2, 3, 4, 25. And I bet you there are young listeners, honestly, yeah. Mike, that probably never heard of Gary Clark. But if you go Absolutely. to those Washington teams that won yeah. with, with you know, the Mark Rippon Super yes. Bowl, he was with Ricky Sanders and Art Monk. He was a monster. 
you know, the, those teams, the 90, that 91 team's one of the greatest teams of all time. People Very don't good. even talk about it. But, uh, but I love doing this type of thing because it, when it, when it kind of makes sense and, and you can then contextualize, and I've had fun going to these camps and handing that to coaches and, and GMs and others, and they kind of stare at it. They go, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. oh. And we have conversations, so. That always makes you feel good whenever somebody in the sport is like, "Hey, you know, that's that's, that's pretty, pretty good." good. Yeah, yeah. Every, every once in a while, you you know, you meet with these guys and they go, oh, "Let me see that," you know, yeah. uh, and it, it, you know, you're kind of on the right track. I spend a lot of time thinking it through. You know, I was like, "Okay, I think I think this is pretty good," so it's fun. Two more Hall of Fame questions, real quick. What yeah. what do you think of this year's class? Yeah, I feel like this year's class. They're all great classes, but this year's class didn't have the obvious three that oh, this guy's a surefire Hall of Famer. I think a lot of people were didn't know that Bryant Young was going to make it or whatever. Nothing against Bryant Young because when I covered the Seahawks, I was a beat writer when our friend Jeff Fiegels was on the team. All the offensive linemen back then, Steve Hutchinson, Walter Jones, both in the Hall of Fame, Robbie Tobeck was a Pro Bowl center. They used to always tell me, man, you guys don't, you guys are sleeping on Bryant Young because everyone talked about Warren Sapp back then. Bryant Young was a different type of a player. Uh, so I thought it was pretty cool that, that hey, the offensive linemen, defensive linemen made it in, but I, I think it wasn't a class where there was a Peyton Manning or just somebody, you know, the, the star-studdedness of it was a little bit different. Well, I believe uh, there, there was no first-time electee this year, right? Everyone was on their, at least their second or more year. Yeah, off the top right? of my head, yeah, off the top of my head, we had, you know, Tony Baselli finally yeah. broke through. So, um, you know, I think we've done a good job in general. I think, you know, maybe we got to a point where the, some of the backlogs were cleared up, although right. I think at wide receiver, uh, three of the guys in the top 11 on my list for production, Torrey Holt, Reggie Wayne and Andre Johnson, none of them made it to the final five. And I think what happened was they canceled each other out a little. Yeah. Like, if you ever yeah. try to do one of these yeah. ballots? No, they're hard. So you start with the 15 people, and then we have to pick 10, and then we have to pick five. Well, you always leave off somebody. And then if you get to the receiver position, you, you might be like, I'm not going to put in three receivers at once. So you right. pick Torrey Holt. I say I'm going to do Reggie Wayne. And... Peter King says he's going to do Andre Johnson, and then none of them make it, but we all think they all should make it. Right. So right. you wait a couple of years, and people get mad, but they'll get in. Those guys are all getting in. How tough is it to balance the guys like the Terrell Davises, who had yeah. their dominant for a few years, but they don't have the longevity? Has that been a challenge for you guys? Well, it is. I, I think those guys get in when, we have, when we've gotten through the backlog. I think sometimes there is a fifth slot that's easier to get into than others. And there is going to be another backlog coming up, by the way, with all these recent retirements. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I welcome it. I like mm -hmm. the days when, and before I was on the committee a year or two, I've done it 10 or 12 years. I can remember like when Chris Carter missed, and I was, you know, I was just sitting there going, what is this panel thinking? Chris <laughs> Carter like never dropped a pass for 10 years. But then when you get in the room, you realize how it happens. And, and in the end, when a guy misses one year, it's not that the Hall of Fame committee said he's not a Hall of Famer. It's just there are 3,000 unique combinations of five that can make it from the 15 mathematically. So, you know, you're, it's going to be a combination that not, maybe none of the voters wanted those five exactly in the beginning, and that's what we got. I don't want to put you on the spot, final question, but I fear the day, and I think about two years, when Eli Manning becomes eligible yeah. for the Hall of Fame yeah. because I'm going to have Giant fans calling up our call and sure. show every day going nuts. So give them a feel for what you think that conversation is going to be like. Okay. Someone who has great total numbers, yeah. great playoff performance, yeah. two Super Bowl victories, yeah. but things like efficiency in the regular season, yeah. uh, things like yeah. that maybe don't match up to some of the other guys in his era. So here's what I think. I think... 15 years ago, Eli Manning skates into the Hall of Fame. And I still think now he'll get into the Hall of Fame. I do think he will get in. 
most likely. Um, but I think there's a greater awareness now of the production and the elite production statistically to whereas I think before, if you were a quarterback, won a couple Super Bowls. Now, Jim Plunkett didn't get in, but he didn't get in, but he didn't have an Eli-type career where he played 15 years and didn't miss a game. And, mm-hmm. and also the, the Manning name, I think, is a, is a factor in all of this. It's the Hall of Fame. You get that? It's the Hall <laughs> yeah. of Fame. So there I is a reason a lot of those guys on the NFL Network have made the Hall of Fame the last 10 yeah, years. Yeah, but I do think that there will be a nuanced, there is a nuanced conversation to have because there isn't an exact criteria. Right. And I think you could make a case, you could make this case. Throughout Eli Manning's career, was he ever a top three quarterback in the league? And if you're putting in a Hall of Famer, you could make a case that Philip Rivers was, but Philip Rivers never had the Super Bowl success. Well, Philip Rivers right. always had bad defenses and terrible special teams, and he wasn't the Giants. They were firing Marty Schottenheimer at 14 and 2. Right. There's a reason Eli didn't want to go there. He was correct. If Eli Manning went there and Philip Rivers came here, I think the Giants. I think Eli. Man, I think Philip Rivers might have a Super Bowl. Yeah, I think the and question is how much credit do you give Eli for the big moments, right? That he I had. think you have to give him a lot of credit. Right. Mm-hmm. So do I. I, think, I agree. I think if he doesn't have that, he's not. In, he's not in the conversation. So how do we synthesize that? It's hard. But he did do it twice, and he was amazing. And he beat Tom like, Brady and Bill Belichick. He beat twice. Tom Brady. So that's where I think. I think because of that, there's like a fame component to this, and and you know there isn't a there isn't a Yes, no bar that you have to do these four things. I mean, everyone's little, everyone's career can be a little bit different. The easy ones are Peyton Manning, right, or yeah. Tom Brady. They have it all. Um, but or you know, Brett Favre even um, played a, a a long time and had you know three time MVP. There yeah. was a time when he Brett was an Favre. Easy one. Yeah. There was a time when Brett Favre was the best quarterback in the league for three to five years. No question. I don't think there was free life. Yeah, for, I think for the regular season, I think that's fair. Yeah, but but just if I would have been doing quarterback tiers from 2004 to 2010, I think he would have had some tier one years. I totally agree with you. No question. He definitely would have had some tier one years, but I don't know that he would have been unanimous like like Rodgers and Mahomes. I think he would have been on that borderline a couple times, and yeah, you know, we have to put all that together with the championship moments, with the length of career, uh, and all of that. And that's why I, th- I think. Probably he. I think he will get in. I think there will be some discussion. Fair enough, Mike. This was a real pleasure, man. Pleasure meeting you. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you. Yeah, Mike Sando. Uh, plug whatever you want to plug before we say goodbye. Well, you can check me out on Twitter at Sando NFL, and certainly go to the Athletic. Look up Mike Sando. If you subscribe, I get a little bit of credit for that, and nice. uh, be happy for you. Happy for me. Mike Sando from the Athletic. We thank him for joining us in the John Soto Podcast. I am John Schmelk. Thank you for being with us. We'll see you next time. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.